Thanks for listening to the Valley Point Church Podcast. We hope it's a blessing to you. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Shiloh Pipping, and I am the student coordinator here at Valley Point Church. And I just want to start by saying a huge thank you to so many of you who supported our middle school and high school students who went to camp just a few weeks ago. Um, I, along with six other brave adults, took 36 middle school and high school students on a plane all the way down to Panama City Beach, Florida, and it was amazing, where I am still hearing stories about students who have left transformed with deeper relationships with God and others thanks to the worship and activities there. So thank you for coming out to our fundraisers. Thank you for praying for our students while we are there. God has been doing and will continue to do great things through that. Thank you so much. Well, yeah, give it up. That's great. (laughs) Well, hopefully you guys have all had a really great summer. But if your summer has been anything like mine, it hasn't necessarily been a vacation. I know for me, I moved into a new house in July and the next day got on a plane to the Dominican Republic for a missions trip. As soon as I got home from that, I went on two day trips for work and then I went on like a three day mini vacation and then I came back for a week of work where I had to get everything done for the next month. And then I was off again for camp. After that, August has not been much better. Through all of this, still trying to have a relationship, see friends, see my family, it's been crazy. And though I love having a full schedule, you can ask anyone who knows me, I love nothing more than to check things off my to-do list. I am not bragging about all the things that have just gone on this last month. Because in seasons like this, I feel empty at the end of it. I feel like I am digging so deep to find joy and energy to get through the day. And I wish I could just say it was the last three months, but really it's been the last year. This last year has been one of the hardest years in my family. This year has included a month-long stay in the ICU for my 15-month-old niece, where at one point she flatlined for nine minutes. And by the grace of God, he gave her back to us. And she is doing much better. But her time there, it was a hard and a dark spot in my family's year. This year has also included uh, my parents having to relocate after a very unexpected job change about a thousand miles away from their friends and family. Not only has my family been going through a lot, but I have watched friends and loved ones who have been going through abuse and sickness and toxic environments. And it has been a very difficult year. I say all of that so that you know that people that stand up here on this stage are not perfect. We do not have our lives together. We are not flying through life on this Jesus cloud where everything is sunny skies. Life is hard. Life can be tough, and sometimes you just feel empty. And that's the other reason I know I can stand up here and say all of this, because I know I'm not alone. I know that many of you are either in a season like this right now, or you've been in one, or you feel like one is coming. And if that's you, 
then you can join me in being encouraged that the sacred word we're gonna be unpacking today, I promise you it's gonna bring you the peace you've been looking for. The last few weeks throughout the summer, we have been going through a series called Sacred Word where we've been taking sacred words either found in scripture or in theology and bringing them back to life and showing them how they can impact our everyday life. We have looked at words such as uproar, trinity, confess, testimony, covenant, New Testament, roundabout, Christology, and kenosis. And today I would like to add another word to that list. In Greek, the word is meno. The English translation of that is abide. You can grab your talk notes and you can start filling this out. Our first thing that we're gonna do is look at the sacred word abide. And this is not a word that we use in our everyday 2019 vocabulary, but it's a word that has come to mean so much to me. The word meno is actually found throughout scripture 118 times. It can mean anything from uh, staying in one place, continuing to live, continuing to live under adversity and refusing to change. In some of your translations, you'll see that it can be translated remain. But today, when we look at abide in the passage we're gonna be looking at today, it talks about remaining, it talks about being in a relationship with Christ and that relationship giving us life. So this is what we're gonna do today. We're gonna start with a big idea to kind of give us an overview of what we're gonna be looking at. We're gonna go into a passage that uses abide a lot. And then we'll, through that passage, break it down verse by verse, talk about some thinking points, and then I'll give you guys some takeaways. That sound good? Yep. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. <clears throat> here we go. To start off, so we can see everything through the right lens, here's our big idea. <clears throat> Abiding in Christ makes the most of the life we live. I think every single one of us would admit that we want to live the best life, the most amazing life. What even is that though? Entertainment gives us some pictures, advertisements show us something else, the American dream. What is the best life? And even if we could describe it, how do we attain it? How can we have the best life? Well, I think in the passage we're gonna be looking at today, through the word abide, we're gonna see how we can have the best life. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app, go ahead and open up to John 15. That's the passage we're gonna be in today. And while you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of background. So Jesus right now is talking to his disciples, his closest followers in the upper room. This is just a few hours before Jesus will be betrayed and crucified and killed. So let us see this scripture through that lens because what Jesus is saying is so important. These are his final words to his disciples until he's resurrected. So they carry a lot of weight to them. I also want to put a disclaimer on this, that the passage we're looking at today, there's a lot of controversy on it. There's a lot of people who may translate things differently or have a different viewpoint on it. And I believe through the studying that I've done that what I'm going to be teaching is truly what the Word of God says. But if you want to do more uh, research, if you really want to dive deeper into it, 
At the Just For You table, I've provided a printout of the online commentary that I used. Um, it breaks it down verse by verse, gives a bunch of different viewpoints. Um, I found it very, very helpful. So if you would like a copy of this, it's available right out at the Just For You table. You can pick up a copy afterwards. So without any further ado, John 15, let's jump in. Starting in verse one, it says this. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Let's pause there just for a moment. Does the word prune or the concept of something being cut out of your life, does that make your heart twinge a little bit? It's not comfortable. Pruning is, is very uncomfortable and painful. But the promise that comes with this, that this isn't a gardener for hire slashing through your life. This is a skilled vine dresser who takes your life in his hands and he gently, cautiously, and oh so lovingly cuts away only what is keeping you from him and only what is unnecessary. Though pruning is painful, it's done with a purpose. And I hope that you can find encouragement in that. Let's continue on. Verse three. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Okay, let's take a moment to talk about that whole branches being gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned thing, okay? Because some people have translated this and they say, well, he's talking about people who are saved. And if they're not abiding in Christ, it means they lose their salvation. I believe that that is not a proper translation. What I have studied and what I have learned is that it's true that Jesus is talking about people who are saved. Scholars say that in verse three, already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Jesus is stating that the people who are listening to him, the disciples, they have already believed and accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. They are saved. But the branches being thrown into the fire and burned, that's not about losing your salvation. We've had a lot of storms around here recently, right? And when those branches break off the trees and they're just laying there, they're not good for anything because they're not attached to the source of life anymore. So the only thing they're really good for is to be used as kindling and to make a bonfire out of, right? Well, just like that, if we are severed, if we lose our connection with our source of life, Jesus Christ, then we no longer are living in the abundant life that Jesus Christ would have for us. God wants us to have a great life, but it requires for us to be connected to the source of life. So maybe you're wondering, okay, well, how, how can I get disconnected? How can I stop abiding in Christ? Well, it's like any other relationship. If you don't make it a priority, if you allow the noise in the world to black out the voice of that person, it goes from something that's life-giving to something that becomes clunky and eventually fades out of your life. 
the same thing can happen in our relationship with Christ. If we aren't giving him time and priority and listening to him, then it becomes clunky and he can fade out of our life. So maybe you're saying, okay, well, if I stop abiding in Christ, what are the consequences for that? What happens to my life when I'm not abiding in Christ? And that leads us to our first thinking point. Apart from Christ, we can do nothing. If you look back to verses four and five, Jesus states this twice. He says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Let that sink in for a second. Apart from Christ, you can do nothing. When we are connected to Christ, he is a part of everything we do. And therefore, everything we do has eternal significance and it lasts forever. When we do things in our own power and our own strength and we are no longer abiding in Christ, then everything we do is momentary. Everything we do in the face of eternity will not last. That's what he means by apart from him, we can do nothing. So if we wanna live the best life, if we wanna live a life of significance, we must abide in Christ. So now we've looked at, okay, you know, what, what it looks like to not abide in Christ, but what does it look like to abide in Christ? What is the benefit of abiding in Christ? I want us to look back at verse five for this. It says this, I'm the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Bears much fruit? If you are new to the church circle, that makes no sense, right? What does it even mean to bear much fruit? And if you've been a part of the church for a long time, like I have, I read this for so many years and thought, it's talking about the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and all that good stuff, right? Well, through some of the studying that I've done, it actually, many scholars say, the fruit Jesus is talking about is the fruit of evangelism, the fruit of testimony. And that leads us to our second thinking point. Abiding in Christ strengthens your testimony. Pastor Gus, a few weeks ago, talked about the word, the sacred word, testimony. And he said, our testimony is uh, the faithfulness of God in our life. What our life was like before Christ, how we encountered Christ, and what our life has been like after that. When we abide in Christ, when we draw near to him, our testimony, the showing to others of God's faithfulness to us, it's strengthened. Like I said at the beginning, this last year has been a year of a lot of heartache with my friends and family. And I have been able to see their testimony strengthened through it all. When my sister and brother-in-law were in the ICU crying out to God for him to save their precious baby girl, their testimony was strengthened because instead of turning away from God, they drew closer to him. They continued to pray, they continued to seek his face. And through that, they were a testimony to every doctor, every nurse, every patient, got to see the faithfulness of God in their lives. 
I've also seen people who I love dearly who have been abused and slandered and forced to stay in toxic environments with very little ability to change anything. And instead of shaking their fist at God saying, God, you can change this. God, why aren't you doing anything? Do you even hear me? And their life being bitterness and anger. I've seen these people draw near to God, abide in him, and instead of bitterness and anger, they are showing forgiveness. They are showing kindness to their enemies. And they are loving those who have hated them. That is a testimony. And when we abide in Christ, he allows our testimony to be even more evident to those around us. Abiding in Christ, it strengthens our testimony. Okay, so we've talked about how we abide in Christ and the pros and cons of either doing it or not doing it. But how do we abide in Christ? It's like we skipped over that part, right? So let's look back at it. How have we, or how can we abide in Christ? I think the next few verses give us a very clear pathway to abiding in Christ. So let's jump in, starting in verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I loved you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I think Jesus gives us three very clear steps on how we can abide in him and therefore have a great, life. Firstly, we need to listen to him. Listening is such an important part of a relationship. And we listen to a lot of things every single day. We listen to podcasts, advertisements, televisions, family, friends, coworkers, bosses, strangers. And the whole time we're hoping they have the answers that we are so desperately looking for. But what if we just stopped for one moment every day and we listen to the person who actually does have the answers and who has the ability to change the outcome of the situations that we're in, whether it be finance, family, future, fears, whatever it is, what if we listen to the one who could actually do something about it? I've never heard the audible voice of God but I can tell you, if you want to hear from God consistently to open up his written word, this is how God speaks to us. This is how he tells us what to do. It's written down for us in black and white. And we have the opportunity to open it up and to hear from him every day. But let me be clear about something. There is a difference between listening and hearing. Some of you are hearing me right now. My words are coming into your head and you're holding on to them for about a half a second. And then you're thinking about if the Phillies are going to get the wild card, what am I having for lunch and what's coming up this week? You're not really listening to me right now. You see, listening requires a desire to hear from someone and the focus and attention that it takes to clearly understand them. So the question is, are you listening to God? 
Because it says in verse seven, at the very beginning of it, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. When we read scripture and we allow ourselves to listen to it, it abides in us. It comes back to mind throughout the day, the weeks, the months ahead. When we're truly listening to God, he has great things that he would like to tell us. So firstly, we need to listen. Secondly, we need to talk. We need to talk to God. It says in the second part of verse seven, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, to be clear, Jesus and God, they are not this genie in a bottle that when you pray, you rub the lamp and you get three wishes. That's just not how it works. But when we're listening to God, when we're spending time in his word, our hearts become attuned to him. And we start desiring what he desires. And then our prayers reflect that. And they are for his will in our lives and others to be done. But if you're anything like me, maybe you grew up in a religious household, and prayers didn't always look like that. Prayers looked like sitting around a dinner table with your family, praying for about 30 seconds, and you normally said the same thing every single time. And if you will humor me for a moment, I wanna see what that kind of conversation would look like with a real life person across from you having that conversation. So imagine you're sitting at the dinner table and your spouse or your mom or someone is sitting across from you and this is the only time you ever talk to them, 30 seconds at the table and the conversation goes like this. Honey, mom, thank you so much for this food. I hope that it blesses my body and that we have a great rest of our night. Goodbye. If that's what our conversations look like, that would not be a healthy relationship. And how in the world can we have conversations like that with God and expect to be abiding in him? That's not what God wants. He wants to have continual conversations with you throughout the day like a text message chain that I'm sure my family's texted me and I'm gonna go back and there's like 36 messages and that's okay because I want to stay connected to them. And just like that, God wants to hear from you. Big things, little things, he cares about all of it. He wants us to listen to his word and then to ask questions. God, I don't understand this. God, this seems too hard. I don't know if I can do this. He wants us to have conversations with him because he cares about us like a father. He wants to have a relationship with us and it requires listening and talking, but that's not it. Because if we just listen and talk to God in our quiet time, our devotion with him, but it doesn't affect our life outside of that time, it's pointless. It doesn't matter whatsoever if we're listening and talking to God, if it doesn't impact our life. See, because we listen to God to hear what he wants us to do. We talk to him to get clarity about that. But then the next step is the most important step. So we need to obey. It says in verse nine, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Obedience is key. You see, this is how our relationship with God is different than every other human relationship we have. 
because we don't have leverage with God. We bring nothing to the relationship. This isn't a 50-50 cut where when God says, hey, I want you to go love that person, you can say, ah, nah, I think I'm okay, or maybe I'll do that next week, or, or this or that. No, God, when he calls us to obedience, we are obligated to obey because he is God, and he is powerful, and he is mighty, and he is good and kind. And he gives us these guardrails. He gives us these things that he wants us to obey because he loves us. And he wants us to have the best life. And for us to be able to have the best life, we need to obey his commands. And even if you don't obey his commands, please know that he still loves you. And he still desires for you to have a relationship with him. But he calls us into obedience. And let me take it a step further. We endanger our abiding in Christ when we delay in obedience. Growing up, if my mom told me to go and unload the dishwasher and I delayed for even a moment, her famous line would come out, delayed obedience is disobedience. And then you get up and you go do whatever because she's mom and you have to do it now. But my oldest sister actually took that line and she shortened it a little bit, made it rhyme so her two-year-olds could remember it. And she says this, listen and obey right away. And God is calling us to do the same thing. There are things that God has us, that he would desire for us to do. He wants us to love our enemies. He wants us to be generous he wants us to go above and beyond to take that second mile when it comes to serving other people. And he wants you to do it now. Not in a demanding way where he's some general who's sending us off to war and he's gonna stay behind the battle line. No, he is with us. And he says, hey, if you want the best life today, it requires obedience today. Not when you're older, not when you're in a better financial situation, not when your home life has calmed down, not when you get married or when school starts or when it's easier. God requires obedience today. If you want the best life today, that's what it takes. And that's what God wants for us too. He wants the best life for all of us. So maybe you're sitting there and you're like, Okay, listen, talk, obey. How does that help any part of my life? How does that change the financial situation I'm in? How does that help me with my parents' divorce? How does that help me in all the pain and the anger that I'm carrying in here today? It just sounds like, Shiloh, you're trying to put one more thing on my plate. And you know what? My plate's full, thank you. And there are other important things that I need to be doing. And if that's you, thank you for being here. And I want you to know that I hear you and that I love you. And in kindness, I wanna point you to a verse that I think will answer that question. It says this in verse 11. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus isn't trying to add something to your plate. He's not trying to, to make it harder on you. He's simply saying, I wanna give you a good and an abundant life. And there's one string 
attached. And that string is that we need to make an exchange. We need to exchange our facade of self-dependency, or yeah, self-independence for dependency in Christ. And if we can make that change and actually depend on the person who actually can change the outcome and can give us a life better than anything we could ever achieve on our own, though it is not an easy change, it is the change for the best. And in a room this size, I have to believe that there are people here who have not experienced the abundant life that I've been talking about who you do not have a relationship with Christ. And if that's you, thank you for being here. And know that the opportunity for an abundant life, a life of joy and peace, it's available to you right now. The only thing it requires of you is for you to accept the fact that you can't live a good enough life, that you will continually fall, you will continually make mistakes but at the same time believing that Jesus Christ did live a good enough life and that he gave that life up for you so that you could have the best life. And if you believe that and you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are immediately given that abundant life and the opportunity to abide in Christ and all the benefits that come with that, such as a loving relationship with a good God, having a strong testimony, and having a life full of joy. I promise you it's not a perfect life and it's not an easy life, but it's the best life that we can live. So whether you are still kicking the tires and checking out this whole Christianity thing or you are in and you are a follower of Christ, I have a few takeaways that I think will be really helpful to us. Firstly, Listen, talk, obey. I know, I know, I've said it like 50 times today, but I work with students and repetition is everything, okay? So listen, talk, and obey. Simply putting these into our schedules, carving out time to say, hey, I'm going to spend time. Doesn't need to be an hour. Maybe it's 10 minutes. Say, hey, I'm gonna gonna read the word of God and I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna focus on just him and then I'm gonna talk to him. And talking to him could be, maybe you need to redeem the time that you're driving somewhere, whether you have a long drive to work or you're on the school bus, or maybe you are cleaning up the house for the third time today, using that time to talk with God. He wants to hear all of it. And remember, when we listen and talk, to move that into obedience. Don't just read this and walk away from it saying, well, that was nice. But think, okay, how does this impact my life today? What is God trying to show me today? And maybe you find something, maybe you don't. Maybe today you just needed to have the obedience to listen to him and to carve out time to spend with him, to deepen that relationship. Maybe that's what God needed you to see today. But our act of obedience shows God that we've heard him. That's why it's so important. And maybe you're standing or sitting there and you're like, you know what, Shiloh, I'm good. I listen, talk, and obey every day. I've got this thing down packed. If that is you, congratulations. But that's not the last step. The final step is this, that we need to, when we abide, leads us to testifying. 
Abiding leads, leads us to testifying. There's an old quote that I love, and it says, preach the gospel always, and when necessary, use words. I completely agree. Our character and our actions should always testify that we are believers and that people can see the faithfulness of God in our stories. But I also believe that it requires words. I believe that we are to tell other people about Jesus at school, at work, in our communities, and in our homes. Just a few weeks ago, I was able to go out to dinner with a new friend, and she is relatively new. She's kind of checking out church and faith and is trying to get some answers. And I was able um, to talk with her about the reason I believe in Jesus Christ alone to save me. And I simply said, Jesus offers a hope that the world cannot provide. And though in that time, I, I was saying that so that she could better understand who Christ was, but God used that to also remind me of the joy of my salvation. And that's why we testify, because when we abide and come close to God, we bring others with us too. I hope today, whatever burden you brought in with you, that it's a little bit lighter and that you feel like you have a good grasp on what God is teaching and that you can walk out of here and you know the next steps that you can take. As we leave, I just wanna pray the last few verses over us is kind of a blessing so that we can walk out of here in peace. It says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. May we leave here today connected to Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. And may we abide in Christ and be filled with his joy. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can abide in you, that you give us an amazing pathway to be able to do that. God, we have listened to your word today. I pray that we have truly heard you, that we focused on that. And now, Lord, we speak to you. And God, I pray for extended clarity in anyone here who is still wrestling with what it looks like to abide in you, God. I pray for that clarity. And God, as we leave here, I pray that we walk in obedience. We know that you love us unconditionally, God, but that you want the best life for us and that requires our obedience. God, for those who are out there and you are calling them to obey you in things that are very difficult, God, I pray for strength. I pray for those of us who are being called to obey you in little things. I pray for perseverance in doing it over and over again, God. God, let this not just be something we do on Sundays, but let this be something that continues to bring us closer and closer to you. As we listen, as we talk, as we obey, let us move out and let us testify of who you are, your faithfulness to us. And God, let us be reminded of the joy of our salvation as we do this. Holy Spirit, fill us with the joy of Jesus Christ to get us through this week and the weeks to come. Pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you call Valley Point Church home or would like to make a donation, 
please go to valleypointchurch.com slash online giving. If you're in need of prayer, we would love to serve you in that way. Send us a message at prayer at valleypointchurch.com. Be blessed.